This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. Let's go to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. We're talking with the great Terry Francona. I know everybody poo-poos baseball fights. They're like, hey, you go out there and everybody's just talking yeah. and shoving. But when you get out there, man, those guys are big. They they get after yeah. it. And when they get after it, man, look out. It makes you a little nervous. Robin Ventura still won't talk about Nolan Ryan to, to this day. <laughs> he wants nothing with that conversation. Listen to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time for a one-of-a-kind poker party. Poker Night in America is streaming live from Studio 52 in Las Vegas. Join us nightly at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as some of the biggest names in poker play in the ultimate house game. Watch on the Poker Night in America channel on YouTube and Twitch or go to PokerNight.com. Poker Night in America is back and ready to party. Well, this is the Betting Weekly La Liga podcast. Act two of the Spanish top division gets underway in late December. And we've got all the best bets as week 15 uh, kicks off the restart. Alongside myself, Dan Robert, Rory Barlow, editor of Football España. For all the latest match prices and futures markets on La Liga, of course, head to uh, Bet Rivers, your hometown sports book. And of course, you can download all of our podcasts wherever you get your podcasts from and you can watch all the shows of course via our youtube channel and also don't forget when it comes to la liga every single game is streamed live on the on the bet rivers app so you can watch and of course you can betting play as the action continues uh rory season's greetings uh spain knocked out in the quarterfinals in Qatar. transfer window about to open in La Liga, there's never really a dull moment when it comes to Spanish football. What have been the headlines, both for the national team and the bigger La Liga clubs over the course of the last month? Yeah, I think there was a lot of uh, schadenfreude from the section of the press that didn't like Luis Enrique, who was doing his Twitch streams every night, which for, I think for most of us were fairly entertaining and it was pretty jovial and, and fun on that. But it came to a very sudden end. I think even... Even though Morocco were very good, you have to remember it was at the round of 16. And so this was before Morocco had started their sort of run of shocks. And uh, I don't think anybody really saw it coming. So so it was a bit of a shock to Spain. I think that was obviously the dominant, uh, dominant sort of narrative. But I certainly, and I think a lot of Spanish football has just been soaking up this uh, Argentina content because it's been absolutely nuts. And uh, yeah, fair play and congratulations to any Argentines we have listening. Indeed, yes. Argentina, of course, winning the World Cup, as many of our handicappers predicted. You will see later just how well we did when it comes to the World Cup. We've got a handicappers league table and the World Cup is prominent in the standings. Uh, This is a betting show. Of course, we go week by week with all of the best picks. But as we've had a pause in the action, 
Just a recap of the futures prices as it stands. Barcelona, of course, top of the table, clear by two from Real Madrid. Barca, minus 182. So minus money if you fancy Barcelona to regain the title. Real Madrid, the champions, are plus 150. Atleti are plus 10,000. Rory, you predicted at the start of the season it was going to be a two-horse race, and that's how it is at the moment. We're beyond a third of the season in. You tip Barcelona. Have you got any reason to change your mind after 14 games? Well, I'd say that Barcelona are probably less strong than I expected them to be at this point. I think the Champions League has influenced that a lot and we've seen them fall flat on their face at various points in Europe. But in the league, I think they should only get better. I mean, this is a side that's been robbed of two, three of their best defenders for a good chunk of the season that we've seen so far. It's a side that will be without Robert Lewandowski for the first three games due to suspension as we come back. But overall, it should be a side that, yeah, it's going to get more cohesive. Xavi should settle on a sort of starting 11 that works. I mean, we know of the summer that they had and there was a lot of talk about that, but they should only be sort of more in tune and more sort of settled on exactly what they want to do, exactly who's going to do it and what works best for them. So, yeah, I'm not going to move off my pick, even if I think Real Madrid are a lot stronger than, than what I had foreseen at this point. So in a way, if you were looking at futures now, and I know they're shorter, and I know it's a very short price at 182, minus 182. But if we're suggesting that Barcelona overperformed in the first 14 games of the season and you reckon they're going to get better, it might not be the worst bet if people want a really short price favourite. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a yeah catch-22 because I'm saying they're going to get better. And I think in terms of performances, they definitely will. But, I mean, they've drawn one game and they've lost to Real Madrid. It's It's hard to... <laughs> to really improve on that too much I mean it's a pretty good win rate so yeah these are two teams that are so far and away the best in La Liga I think if fatigue how much of a role does that play Real Madrid have five competitions or so when they come back that's all going to be in the space of about two months they'll play about 17 games that is probably going to define their season they've got Liverpool in the Champions League they've got all sorts coming up Barcelona how much emphasis do they put on the Europa League? That's going to be a big question because I think that will influence a lot. Given last season, the way they went out, I think if they beat Manchester United, they'll put quite a lot into it. But again, they do have a deep enough forward line. They've got quite a few defenders too. So they should have the depth to be able to cope with it. But as we've seen with Barcelona, it is April time, late March. That's when they really struggle. And so if uh, Xavi can revert that sort of uh, pattern that we've seen in recent seasons, then that will be the key to them winning both the league and ever and anything else. But this is uh, Juan Laporta and Xavi have both come out and said winning the league is our target. That will define our season. So you can expect a pretty heavy focus on it. Would I be sticking lots of money on Barcelona right now? I don't know if I would want to sort of wager too much because I think it will be tight. I mean, we're talking... Maximum five points difference, I think, here. It's going to be interesting. And there's every chance that that price of minus 182 might get a little bit bigger. It's going to be nip and tuck between the two throughout. Quick word on top four, Atleti minus 250. Uh, Real Sociedad uh, plus 175. Athletic Club plus 175 as well. Villarreal plus 200. Betis plus 300. If you were looking at a futures bet when it comes to top four, where would you lean to here? There's only two points separating third from sixth at the moment. Yeah, well, Alan went Betis at the start of the season at plus 300. It's certainly worth a couple. A couple, I think um, throwing a few that way is not the worst shout. Betis, 
They do have a shorter squad, and we've spoken about that, but Manuel Pellegrini has managed to deal with that fairly well at the start of the season. He did so fairly well last season as well. Whether they shouldn't be going to the Europa League, sort of, well, they got to Europa League round of 16, but I doubt they'll get to the final of the Copa del Rey again. So they should, in theory, have less games than last season. Real Sociedad, I don't expect them to hang around too long. I think we've just seen that they don't have a goal scorer and there's only so long you can survive that, even though Mikel Oriotabo is going to come back round. Athletic Club, I back to finish fifth at the start of the season. I think that's still a decent bet. So if you want to have a look at sort of the odds of them finishing fifth, I think there's worse places to go. But yeah, I think Atleti have to be strong, strong favourites. I would maybe put Betis ahead above Villarreal, who have had their struggles this season and Without Unai Emery, I think that's a bit of a blow too. Yeah, I think that could be key, couldn't it? Plus 200 VRL might be the false price there. Betis at plus 300. We couldn't put anybody off. Let's get into some uh, match previews because we've got four picks, four games to take a look at. We're going to kick off Friday, early evening, local time. Celta Vigo against Sevilla. Uh, Celta Vigo plus 138. Sevilla plus 215. Draw plus 230. Over and under mark is two and a half here. Overs plus 123. Unders minus 155. This is a huge game in terms of... Of the bottom of the table, Rory, just one point separate the two sides here. There seems to be still a lot of faith in Sevilla from the likes of yourself and Alan and a lot of the Spanish football journalists. But the market is telling us otherwise because Celta Vigo are favourites. How do you see this? Well, what's the selection? Yeah, well, I've gone for Sevilla to win at plus 210. And I think at some point, we're just going to have to see a regression to the mean on Sevilla. I mean, we've seen them sort of disappoint and everything, but... Now, they've got a few players back. I mean, Marcao is out. He's going to miss the next three months. He's basically, his season's done. So that's a problem. But this is a Sevilla side that has, has gotten rid of Isco. There's been a falling out there and essentially had a massive argument with the sporting director Monchi on the pitch. So, I mean, all is not well in Sevilla. But I think Jorge Sampaoli is maybe... He's, he's had the chance to sort of implement his methods a bit more. He's had a long break, which is what Sevilla needed because they looked exhausted even at the start of the season this season. He's had some time to sort of build that kind of Jose Mourinho narrative of, you know, well, it's us against the world. Nobody expects anything of us. We now have to sort of put in the performances, performances that are expected of us. And I think this Sevilla side, although there are issues, there are lots of gaps in this side, I think there's a lot more to come from them. And even if they're missing a goal scorer, this is a Celta team that also has a lot of issues. Carlos Calvarial came in right before sort of the, the World Cup break. And he's a good manager. I like him, but I think it'll take him some time to implement his methods. And you saw just before the break, they were on a, a five-game winless run. And they literally went to Rayo Vallecano, who are not the biggest team in the world. They're, they're playing well, but not the biggest team. And said, no, no, we're not losing this. We're just going to sit back and ensure that we don't lose it. So that gives you kind of a sense of the state of mind that Celta were in. And yeah, these are two teams that are not performing very well. I back Sampaoli just to have a slight edge in the fact that he's been with the Sevilla side longer than Carvajal has. I think Sevilla have more motivation in this tie. And I think to go up to Celta, Galicia, put out a statement win. Sevilla at plus 210. That's where my pick's going. And I think I just... I have a feeling more that Sevilla are going to regress to the mean than Celta because I think Celta, the issues are more chronic and I don't see a quick fix for Carvajal. I think the interesting thing from a betting point of view with Sevilla, and I've listened to yourself and Alan 
over the course of the season. And there's a lot of quality there. They qualify for the Champions League. Yes, they lost players, but there is a belief that they are in a hugely false position. And from a betting point of view, it's when you catch that right. Because when they start winning games, Rory, they're not going to be plus money to beat Celta Vigo. Really, if we took their form from last year, they'd be the favourites for this game. Yeah, 100%. I mean, last year, this was the game that you'd expect Sevilla to go do a job, win one or two nil, maybe two one, and you wouldn't think much more about it. And I think, yeah, we are prone to recency bias in football and form is important, momentum is important. And if if anything, that is the tricky thing about this World Cup break because I think we're coming out of six weeks gap where some players have been to the World Cup, some players have had good, bad World Cups. So we're going to come out of this with a lot of different mindsets to what we had before. We're going to come out, some teams will have had a break and that will have knocked their momentum. Other teams will have had a break and that will have really helped them. I think Sevilla's case is one where it will have helped them it's kind of like a new season. We'll kind of get a much more of an idea after this first week as to where they are in that kind of path and in Sevilla's case, road to redemption. But but yeah, Celta, this is a side that has looked a bit tired and they didn't really get a reaction from Carvajal initially. So they'll be looking for one. But this is a Celta team that as well, if I can sort of uh, delve a wee bit deeper, this is a, a Belaidos, which is their home ground. It's been sort of underwater Recently, there's a lot of rain in Galicia right now, and it's a stadium that has declining attendances. It's been sort of a, a sort of lackluster mood around the club for a good season or two. One of their best players, Denis Suarez, has been exiled by the president because he's fallen out with his agent. And it's just, it's a club that right now I can't see what direction it's moving in, whereas Sevilla, it can almost only go up. I mean, if you know what I mean, it's 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 fallen and now it has to bounce back up and return to something at least like a mid-table side. Be interesting to see both the fortunes of Celta Vigo and Sevilla over the course of the season. We'd like Sevilla to win this one. Round about plus 210, plus 215. Incidentally, Sevilla are plus 900 to be relegated. Celta Vigo plus 800 to go down. Let's move on to Real Valladolid against uh, Real Madrid. Obviously, the champions are short price favourites here at minus 195. Uh, Valladolid. Uh, plus 540, the draw, plus 350 uh, here. Can go top with a win because Barcelona play uh, the day after. Of course, on the bare form figures, Real Madrid, just two wins from their last five. There's obviously going to be players missing, I would have thought, for this game. Uh, Rory, Valladolid won two cup games in the break. I don't know what that means because I keep looking at the form and a lot of betters will look at their form in the Copa del Rey and say, well, this team's won a couple of games and they've scored lots of goals. Is that a thing for these teams or are we ignoring it from a La Liga point of view and a form point of view? Well, let me set the scene for you. This is Friday night. This is in the winter, the festive period. Everyone's home. Valladolid. They fill their stadium pretty well. They've been one of the noisiest sides, I'd say, in La Liga. It's going to be dark. Real Madrid players coming back off the World Cup. It'll be their first game back. The Brazilians, Militao, Vinicius and Rodrigo only came back three days before this game. They came back on Boxing Day. So, yeah, there are the ingredients here for an upset. And I think this will be a tighter game because Valladolid, our one big doubt about them is the goal scorer. But in terms of actual form, in terms of how they've been playing, They've been playing pretty well of late and they've been running teams hard and they've been running teams close, especially the bigger teams have not had an easy time of it against them. So where I've kind of uh, 
flicked the combination lock of value here. I've got uh, Real Madrid to win or draw um, and my, under 3.5 goals. That gets you at minus 127 last time I checked. And yeah, I think Valladolid, I don't think they'll win this game at all because of that goal-scoring issue. And I think Real Madrid, regardless of what's going on, they're always good for at least one goal. I don't see Valladolid scoring twice. But I can also see this being a very tricky game for Carlo Ancelotti's men. I think even though they've dealt very well with kind of the fitness issue and the fitness aspect so far this season, this is just, in general, quite a tough game in terms of going away to a side that's motivated, that's up for it. They've had a a six-week break and this is the thing they've been pre- been preparing for for six weeks, whereas a lot of these Real Madrid players, they're coming back and they're sort of easing themselves back into the routine. Karim Benzema's been back for a while, but this is, again, a guy that's not been fully fit for since about September. So he's maybe not going to be as sharp as perhaps you'd quite like, although he does have a point to prove. But but yeah, I think there's just too many ingredients for this to be a goleada, as, as we'd say in Spain. As it's too, There's too many things for Real Madrid to win this comfortably. And so a draw or a Real Madrid kind of tight win, that's where I'm really going for value here. Okay, well, four of Real Madrid's seven away wins in La Liga this season have been under three and a half uh, goals, 57%, minus one, two, seven is better than that percentage implies. So a little bit of value in the Real Valladolid uh, Real Madrid game from Rory, where we like Real Madrid and the draw and under three and a half goals. And the spec incidentally has won six of the last seven meetings. Let's move on to Real Madrid's title rivals, Barcelona against Espanyol. We touched on Barcelona at the top of the show, uh, Rory, because at the start of the season, we were talking about turmoil and obviously they've been knocked out of the Champions League the Frankie de Jong situation was a bit odd that seems to have been sorted out Lewandowski scoring goals he's not going to play this uh, game uh, as we know they are top of the table so you, you can spin their season in a couple of ways it is a derby clash as well and obviously betters will look at that and think it should be tight is this a big factor Barcelona Espanyol do you think we'll see a lot of cards is it as intense as other derbies, what's your thoughts? At Camp Now, I would say it's much less intense than it is um, in sort of the RCD stadium, which is a factor. I'd, I'd say cards, probably not as many as you'd expect from a sort of really fiery derby. I mean, it can kick off, but I don't expect it to. I would almost preface this game the same way that I would have prefaced the Real Madrid game if it weren't for the fact that Espanyol have been in more trouble and more turmoil than Barcelona have been or or even Real Madrid that they've just not really got going this season and perhaps this is sort of the touch paper that lights it for them but based on the evidence we've seen this as a club that's split down the middle almost Domingo Catoira um, the sporting director at Espanyol Diego Martinez the manager there they had sort of a quite a public bust up he's been asking publicly for signings repeatedly there's there's a sense that not all is well at Espanyol. And perhaps you sort of, you look at the adversity and you look at the sort of fact that they're up against Barcelona and maybe they clump together and sort of fight their way through that. But I've gone Barcelona to win under 3.5 goals as a reflection of that and the fact that Robert Lewandowski will not be playing that. Those odds come back at plus 125. Lewandowski suspended for these three games after getting sent off in the final game against Osasuna, as we know. And... Barcelona, yeah, I don't think this is going to be a hearty victory. Like I, like I was saying about Real Madrid, this isn't going to be a goleada. But Ansu Fati is expected to start. And I think there's just a few too many 
factors going in Barcelona's favour as opposed to Espanyol's in this one. They have played them tight recently, but this is an Espanyol side that frequently struggles at camp now. And even last season when Barcelona were a much worse side, Espanyol were probably similar enough to what they were then. Barcelona still managed to sort of grind out a 1-0 controversial win. And you just, they're one of those kind of unfortunate sides that looks as if they could be good, but Espanyol struggles. So yeah, I've gone under 3.5 goals, Barcelona to win at plus 125. I think that's pretty decent odds. And I think they probably factored in the Lewandowski factor quite a lot here, but there's a difference between Lewandowski scoring three and somebody else scoring one or two, which is what they need to do. And Lewandowski, who's obviously very popular on a game-by-game basis for betters when it comes to any-time goal scorer, first scorer, doesn't just miss this one. He misses three. Tell us why. He he got sent off, essentially, um, for two yellow cards, which is kind of fair enough. But then as he was going to the sideline, he did this, which apparently means arrogant in Germany. It's been a subject <laughs> of interpretation. For those listening to the podcast, it's a rub of the nose. <laughs> yes, he rubs his nose. He has publicly come out and said that it was a gesture to his manager, Xavi, as Xavi has said, and as you would say if you were trying to defend your case in the court, which Barcelona have tried twice unsuccessfully. But yes, the Spanish Federation have uh, deemed it a gesture of disregard toward the referee, and thus he has been suspended for an extra two games, which... I thought it was a little bit harsh personally, but I mean, I do have a slight bias. Um, he's played, he's featured in every single game. He started 13 of the 14 games and was a sub in the other game. I mean, will we find out in these three games if, if Barcelona, well, we will find out if Barcelona are a bit toothless <laughs> uh, in, a, in attack. I mean, will, you know, going forward from a betting point of view, if he misses games and obviously they, they, they lose fixtures or don't score enough. This is going to be a key indicator. Do we think that's going to happen or have they got enough firepower without Lewandowski? I wouldn't be surprised at all if they drop points in the next two games after this. They do have Betis, that's in the Supercopa, so that's sort of an aside. But Atletico Madrid at the Civitas Metropolitano next, that's going to be the big one without Lewandowski. If they can get through that, I think they'll come out with renewed belief and renewed kind of vindication in what they're doing. But I wouldn't be surprised at all if they drop points there. As I say, it's just this Espanol side. They're winless in five. They've got two clean sheets or so this season and just not always well. I think um, they they had two goalkeepers that they were rotating around and it'd be sort of a comedy of errors between them as to which one was going to ruin their, their sort of game plan. So, so yeah, it's Espanol are, are more what I'm betting against as much as I'm betting for Barcelona. But yeah, I, I do think that Lewandowski factor might weigh heavy next week. Uh, Villarreal Valencia to wrap things up. Villarreal plus 100, Valencia plus 335. This is uh, Saturday, uh, New Year's Eve, uh, mid-late afternoon. Um, and it is the last game up uh, across week 15. Um, I'm not quite sure what to make about Villarreal post Unai Emery. They're still pretty short in the top four betting, as we've talked about, but only one win in La Liga since taking over those two cup wins again, I'm, I'm still not quite sure what the form uh, means. It's ninth versus 10th. Talk us through this one and give us your selection, Rory. I like goals in this one, Dan. Over 2.5 goals at plus 100 seems like a pretty decent place to me. I mean, Kike Setien, for context, former Barcelona manager, he's renowned for being kind of Cruyffian in his style, but didn't really get off to a good start at Villarreal. Was, they went sort of five games without a win. There was rumours that he was already going to be sacked. Um, there's quite a comical story actually of him 
essentially calling somebody out. He called Jeremy Pino Yerai by accident, um, which sent a ripple of laughter around the squad. This ended up in a call to the president, and the president called Kike Setien and said, please, can you just call him Jeremy? Um, make sure you get it right kind of thing. <laughs> and Setien had his kind of excuse and everything, but but it's it's a sort of a window into the kind of discord and the perhaps doubts about this Kike Setien that's come back after two years out of the game, two years after being sacked by Barcelona in sort of pretty disgraceful fashion. They lost 8-2 to Bayern, of course. He was the responsible man for that. So yeah, it's a Villarreal side that's trying to recover from that. They score goals, I think. I think this, this Villarreal side, they're going to be in a lot of sort of high-scoring games because Setien, if there's one thing that he's known for, it's kind of his desire to have the ball, to hold the ball and to attack. But while he's doing that, I think it's going to take him a little bit of time to sort of condition that defence to play how he wants them to. Because, I mean, switching from Unai Emery, who was defensive more or less most of the time, and he would sort of play with a safety latch on, he would play with a safety firmly sort of there, to Kike Setien, who's the... who's closer to kind of reckless abandon, if you like. And if you're Valencia, you come into this game against Villarreal, who are struggling a wee bit. They've got a lot of quality, but you know that if you can sort of upset them, if you can knock them off balance, then you've got at least one or two goals in you. It's the Valencia side that's been very inconsistent away from home. They've just one win away, no clean sheets away. They've struggled to put 90 full minutes together. And so I think this is two sides that have problematic defences, especially Valencia away from home. And they have better attacking assets and two managers in Gattuso as well, who some of us might have expected to be defensive, but he's a pretty offensive-minded coach as well. So you've got two coaches that care more about attacking than defending, two coaches that don't have all the resources or haven't managed to find a sort of cohesive formula to make these sides work. And so, yeah, I think we're going to see goals in this one over 2.5 and plus 100. I think over 2.5 is an interesting one. We saw the first day back of the English Premier League that every single game was over 2.5. Now, that could be a thing across the big five leagues in Europe. We will wait and see. Five of the last nine between these two have been over two and a half, a small sample size. But obviously, if you're playing at plus 100, then you're making a profit over that time. That wraps up the selections. Let's just remind everyone of Rory's tips over the course of week 15. We resume, of course, over the next few days uh, when it comes to the La Liga action. And we've got four selections for you. They look like this. Real Valladolid against Real Madrid. We've gone um, Real Madrid and the draw and over uh, 3.5 goals in that. Or was it under 3.5 goals in that one at minus? It was under, under 3.5 yes. goals in that one, minus so. one, two, seven. Under, that's a typo. Our apologies there. Uh, VRL versus Valencia were like over two and a half goals plus 100. Barcelona against Espanyol, we're going under and a Barca win, as you can see. And Celta Vigo against Sevilla, we like Sevilla to win that one at plus 210. That's under three and a half. We pass on our apologies from our graphics man there for the top one, Valladolid against Real Madrid. So that's the week 15 picks. You can pause that, jot those down, get your accounts open. This is the Betting Weekly Handicappers League table. We have slimmed down our coverage into 2023. It means that all of us on the La Liga show, and Alan will be back with us over the course of January. We are struggling at the bottom of the bottom of the table at minus 794. But as you can see, our World Cup coverage, Rory, was very much part of that. Plus 965. That's across all the World Cup. That was our pre-tournament picks. And we had selections in the vast majority of the games 
over the course of the tournament as well. So if you followed us there, well done. You've got yourself uh, a nice draw, and obviously Liga and Serie A all to pick up over the course of the next week or so. And we are very much um, interested in all the Premier League, Premier League and Champions League and Europa League when they, of course, come back to us. Uh, Rory, many thanks for your time over the course of today. We will, of course, be seeing you over the course of 2023 alongside Alan Feely as our La Liga coverage continues. That wraps it up uh, for today. Just a reminder, all of our shows, of course, can be found on YouTube. You can download the podcast as well. All of our Bet Rivers content can be found at Because We Win. So make sure you stay across that for all the best bets and selections. And one final reminder as well, all the La Liga and Serie A our action for that matter can be watched on the Bet Rivers app. So you can watch along and get involved betting in play via Bet Rivers. From myself and Rory, though, that's it for today. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Extra Time on the Bet Rivers Network. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider.